0: There was nothing else at all in the whole world of football.
1: Hi, guys, welcome to the Triple F and welcome to another edition of League Updates, where this episode will be covering the Bundesliga. I'll start by giving you a rundown of the Bundesliga so far, then I'll be joined by one of my regular co hosts. Matt. Just to remind you, this episode can be viewed on YouTube. Not all of the Triple F shows will have visible content like this, but some will. Okay guys, let's kick this thing off. First thing to mention is how all teams have played exactly 16 games so far, and as a man who sadly enjoys organised uniformity, it pleases me looking at a table where no games in hand are needed to be played. Bayern Munich are currently top of the table with 36 points and they have a four-point lead over 2nd place Red Bull Leipzig. Bayern Leverkusen are seemingly struggling after their strong start to the season, with three losses out of their last five. They sit third. Borussia Dortmund don't appear to be anywhere near mounting a title challenge as they sit fourth, seven points off of top spot. Fifth in the league are Union Berlin and are looking very impressive this season. With the help of Max Kruser, they are strong favourites for European places. Just behind Union are Wolfsburg in sixth and Eintracht Frankfurt in seventh, both on 26 points and are also more than capable of qualifying for Europe. Munch and Gladbach are 8th, and with the usually competitive and astute guidance of Marco Rosa, ruling them out of a European push would be foolish. The rest of the league plays out as this. SC Freiburg are 9th, Stuttgart 10th, Augsburg 11th, Werder Bremen 12th, Hertha Berlin 13th, Hoffenheim 14th, and Arminia Bielefeld 15th. Köln currently occupying the relegation playoff space in 16th with Mainz and Schalke in 17th and 18th respectively. Right, now you're all caught up to speed with the Bundesliga, come join me for my chat with regular co-host, Matt. Matt lives in Harrogate in the north of England and works in the field of mental health and has done for a number of years. He's supported Man United ever since he fell in love with Gordon Strachan and Mark Hughes. He's been a big fan of the Bundesliga since he raided the league playing championship manager as a kid. Lars Ricken and John Collins were the players that gave him a soft spot for Borussia Dortmund until they became United's bogey team in Europe. Matt says that the Bundesliga today is exciting, innovative and it provides a different club ownership structure that puts fans first. It's top quality football that hasn't yet been completely sacrificed at the altar of money and finance. Times are changing but there's hope when the fans own the majority of shares for most of the clubs in the league. It saw him through the early part of last year when football was a rarity on screen and it has rekindled his love for the Bundesliga that hasn't slowed down. With Bayern wobbling and others challenging, it is likely to be one of the most exciting run ins of any of the top leagues on the continent. It's quite um, obviously, I know we're going to be talking about the Bundesliga for, for the most part of this, but um, I'll have to make a, a sort of cheeky confession. The Arsenal game is on um, in an hour, so I will, be, <laughs> I will be sort of keeping a bit of a, a, a blind eye on that, if you will. Uh,
0: Absolutely just... fine. <laughs>
1: You know how it is. Um, but how, how are United doing these days, actually? I, I, like I said apologies to the listeners because uh, I know this is supposed to be a Bundesliga update. But, yeah, we're, we're both fans of Man United and Arsenal, respectively. So, what can you
0: do? Absolutely. Um, yeah, United are picking up, obviously, top of the league. So, can you, you can't argue with statistics, I, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but, yeah, no, United are... Seem to be coming into their own a little bit. It was a encouraging performance against Liverpool uh, yesterday on on Sunday, and I was more than happy with what I saw um, against a pretty below par Liverpool side. So quietly confident going into the second half of the season. So we'll see. We'll see what what next uh, the next few game weeks bring.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the last time we spoke, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like this at all for for United. They definitely turned around quite miraculously as well, haven't they?
0: um, Absolutely. Yeah,
1: I think that just shows any, you know, fan of any football team. I think the same can be said for Arsenal in the way that, you know, we were... I think it was sort of said with jest more than anything, but we were Mm. apparently in a... uh, in a relegation battle but here we are we've we've sort of turned (laughs) ourselves around it's kind of crazy isn't it but saying that it is there are big dogs that that are doing really well and they, they eventually you know time happens and things things change and you know empires can crumble and I suppose we'll talk about it later. But Schalke, mm. although Schalke they won their last game, and you could, who, who knows? Maybe this is the start of of something miraculous. But yeah, it looks as if Schalke, yeah, they're obviously in a bit of trouble. That's that's you know, there's no beating around the bush on that.
0: No, absolutely. Um, it's been a, a real difficult season for for Schalke. I can't imagine a way back for them. This season, it's, it's almost as if they've given up the ghost, really, um, which is a shame. They're a big club, traditionally, uh, always fighting for Europe. Um, at least a couple of seasons ago, a few seasons ago, they were there or thereabouts for, for the European spots. And, and now the club just seems to be crumbling from the inside out. And it, uh, I think I mentioned it to you before, it, it is more of a case of kind of managed decline, really. They're sort of waiting for the inevitable relegation at which point they can then restructure the club, because at the moment it's just not sustainable. They had a, a, a reasonable win last game week, but uh, yesterday's performance, shocking defensively all over the place. It's it's not boding well for the rest of the season, despite the arrival of Christian Gross, who uh, I thought he must have been put out to pasture, but uh, apparently he's back on the scene. But uh, yeah, difficult times.
1: Did he arrive at Schalke on a underground tube station ticket like he did at Tottenham <laughs> all those years ago?
0: <laughs> Possibly waving his underground ticket like this. <laughs> I think he might have been waving his OAP pass because he's about mid seventies, I think. But right. um, it's it, it's been a while since he's been in management, I think, and out of retirement to to manage a pretty much. Let me let's let's not beat around the bush relegated club it's um one last hurrah for him so you can't him that let's mm. let's hope he gets a couple of wins under his belt anyway just to see him off but I, I can't imagine him lasting beyond the season to be honest mm.
1: what was the score last night actually for Schalke
0: Schalke Schalke lost it was um let me just check actually because Schalke were it was that was a nine um, because they were second from bottom before the uh, game uh, week and three, then obviously... They lost 3-1
1: to Frankfurt.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and and that obviously heralded the return of Luka Jovic. So that was um, two goals in 20 minutes for, for him on his return from Real Madrid. And uh, Schalke just defensively all over the place and um, really, really quite terrible despite the arrival of, of um old Arsenal defender. Um, you'll know more about him than I will but uh, yeah really poor performance.
1: Wow yeah I mean the thing with Kolasinac, um, he showed a lot of promise when he first sort of turned up at Arsenal but I think he's pretty one-dimensional in, in terms of his plays. He's very good at sort of getting up and down and, and working like a, a sort of steam engine if you will but in terms of sort of end end product he really really doesn't have much um, uh, yeah he's obviously a fighter as uh, I'm pretty Absolutely. sure we've all seen <laughs> with his uh, <laughs> bodyguard antics but um, yeah <laughs> in terms of footballing grain I think we've definitely got an upgrade in Kieran Tierney but um, yeah uh, all the best for Kolasinac obviously and mm. but, but I mean my god talk about out of the frying pan into the fire, because that's
0: that's not a fun place to go. When uh, no, yeah. no, absolutely not. It's there. There are promising signs. I mean, Hoppy from from America. He's a decent player. Obviously, getting the hat trick there. A young starlet. I can't see him lasting beyond the season again. But uh, despite that, there's no hope whatsoever.
1: Anyway, that's uh, obviously one to, to keep an eye on. But, mm. um, yeah, so are you saying it's looking quite unlikely for any sort of Schalke miracle then?
0: Not with the way the club is run at the moment, no. Absolutely not. I don't imagine Christian Gross has any real experience in a relegation battle uh, of this nature. I don't think he'll he'll manage to turn the ship around there. Not with the way the club is run. They're in millions of pounds of debt, wage ceiling, so they're not bringing anybody in um, of note anyway who's going to make a difference. And with the uh, dressing room unrest that has sort of recently been reported, I don't think that's um, any sort of mixture that's ever going to work for them. So it's a shame. It's a real shame because they are that traditional Bundesliga club. If, you, if you're if asked the neutral who are the Bundesliga clubs, they'll be on the list. So it's a real shame for them to go down.
1: Is it just a case of the sort of coffers running out or is it really just, you know, sort of poor financial decision after another, after another?
0: Yeah, it it really is because it's been a a steep drop. I think um, nigh on 10 years ago, I think it was, they were in a real quite a comfortable financial position um obviously the new stadium well relatively new um obviously aging a little bit now but um with uh managing director who um is no longer there he's been having all sorts of fights with, with other um members of the board and everything like that it's ended up with a couple of hundred million pounds worth of debt they've had to be bailed out by the german ba- uh, Banks and government, this coronavirus pandemic, and yeah, like I say, with the wage ceiling that they've got of two and a half million euros, I think it is that's not enough to attract the best talent, and that's not enough to attract anybody who's going to have any any sort of impact. And just behind the scenes, it's a a mess. It's quite simply because they are traditionally a sort of people's club, if you know what I mean. So they have that close relationship with their fan base, and for at the start of the pandemic, they they sacked all their low wage employees. They refused to honour any kind of refund for the for the season tickets. So that's really put them in, you know, in in negative um, sort of well wishing from fans, and it's been a real shame for that because they could have uh, used that, utilized. That sort of fan base to, to good effect and now that's going to be slow, slowly slipping away especially if they get relegated as well
1: yeah sacking their low age employees sounds a bit familiar <laughs> but yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think Arsenal are uh, in the sort of same trouble as, as Schalke are but, um,
0: no yeah. no but I don't, I don't think Schalke sacked their um, mascot anyway but uh, <laughs> unlike Arsenal and Gunnasaurus
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, the less said about that the better yeah um, <laughs> uh,
0: so, although with Urzal leaving, do you think he's going to actually honor the uh wage agreement that he made with with he <laughs> He's going <come> to Fenerbahce <laughs> now, so is he going to still pay the wages like he agreed to? Oh, I mean, there, there was
1: also a rumor that Gunosaurus was actually Mesut Erzan as well. So, I mean, you never know, you know, never... <laughs> <laughs> have to
0: do something, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, he was, he was, you know, sort of uh gathering dust on the bench, really. Uh, well, he wasn't even on the bench, that's the thing. Um Let's get into the sort of nitty-gritty of the Bundesliga then, Matt. Um, Mm. Is this another case of Bayern sort of winding up the Bayern locomotive, if you will, and are they beginning to pull away with it as they always do? Or can fantasists like myself expect more competition for the title?
0: I think if you'd have asked that question a month ago... Maybe two months ago, it would have been different. I think it looked a little bit like there was some comp- competition in, in the Bundesliga at the top of the division. Now it's looking a little bit unlikely. It seems that Bayern, are, as is usual, they're, they're running away with it. And after this last game week, it, it seems more evident than, than ever before because the, the chasing pack, there's about five or six clubs there. Around about the same sort of points, separated by about I think three points or so. They've dropped points, they've drawn with each other, they've lost games. They're not keeping up that chase. So it's not that Bayern are doing anything spectacular because they're clearly not. They're I think one of the worst goal like um, goals conceded in in the entire league. But it's it's that chasing back. They're just not capitalising on on Bayern's weakness, which is. If if ever there was a season for them to do that, it would be now, and it's a shame, really. But at the same time, you can't you can't blame Bayern with that goal record as well. They're scoring goals, but they're also conceding it, so they seem to be doing the job. And I, I don't see anybody chasing them and catching up.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those things because I I know, um, and I've spoken to a lot of Bundesliga fans, and they, I think I think football fans in general, obviously coming quite. Uh, disfranchised with with how football's been played, obviously with the mm. the, the zero fans in, in in the stadiums at the moment, and that's the case all over the world. And you know whether you you like it or not, you can't avoid the fact that it's just not the same product as as what we used to. Um, yeah, but I think with the Bundesliga, I think what would kind of help the the sort of aesthetic of the Bundesliga, especially from fans' point of view. As if Bayern Munich didn't do a Bayern Munich, as always, <laughs> and run away with it. And it, this is as it. if there was a bit of competitiveness. But yeah, Bayern Munich do as Bayern Munich do. So
0: yeah, it's one of those. One of those things. It is. It is. It's a shame. I mean, it, the gap is only four points, so technically that's only a, if if Bayern lose against one of that chasing pack, of that chasing top six, potentially that gap closes a little bit, but. I just can't see it at the moment. I really can't. Four points is probably too much at the moment for them to to mount any kind of credible title challenger, I think. And and with the form that Lewandowski's in at the moment, you, unless he gets injured, there's no chance.
1: Mm. And the thing is as well, like I was saying, if if sort of Munich go and win the title, that's not going to make a lot of, sort of Bundesliga fans happy. Um, I don't think it's going to make many Bundesliga fans happy if Leipzig wins. So, yeah, it's um, it's not looking great, really, in terms of
0: the. the it's one of those things, isn't it? I think yes. Bayern, Leipzig, they're they're not teams to get behind. I don't think they're not the the sort of fan-owned traditional clubs that you might expect in the Bundesliga. But you're going to have to take those small scraps. You know, losing in the. Cup to to Kiel, it was an absolute shock for Bayern. They've have lost against munchen and Gladbach. So those losses, that poor run of form, maybe you can take some cold comfort from that. But um, that's all you're going to get this season. You're not going to get anything else if you're a, a neutral or, or some or supporting somebody else in that league.
1: Can you talk to me about the uh, the loss uh, against Kiel for uh, for Bayern? Because I didn't know too much about it, but apart from that. You know, I'd sort of read and heard everywhere that, that Bayern had lost to, I think, the day in the third tier of, of Germany. Yeah,
0: ball? yeah. It's obviously a shock, isn't it? I think um, they, they did field a, a weaker side. Lewandowski, for instance, he was on the bench. Didn't come on, in fact, at all. Um, but it's one of those things, isn't it? The, the magic of a cup that we're so used to is something that is... Evident in in the German Cup as well, so it's just one of those fairy tale results, and and it's an absolute crapshoot. Is a penalty shootout? It's nobody's, you know, you can't predict that, especially with when you've got a third tier team who are in absolute dreamland against Bayern. They're giving their all for that, and Bayern. I don't think they could give two shits about Kiel and and that um, sort of what they probably assumed was a foregone conclusion so mm. yeah it was a it was a fun match to watch anyway it was uh, entertaining um, yeah. in the least especially off the back of of, of Bayern losing 3-2 to Munch and Gladbach as well which was um, a shock again you don't expect Bayern to lose to anyone so to lose two on the bounce is um, a massive a massive shock really
1: mm, mm, definitely um, and it's it's one i suppose it's you know another shame that the uh, fans weren't there to to witness it mm. On part of these big teams in Europe will be capitalized um, upon at some point, or is it too soon to say? Are there any squads out there in terms of depth that, that you think have the ability to compete?
0: The ability to compete in the sense that they traditionally wouldn't, or how do you mean?
1: Uh, with the likes of sort of Dortmund and uh, RB Leipzig they mm. yeah they're not i suppose they competed last season up to a point but do you think they've sort of made improvements in their squad where they're able to sort of mount more of a title challenge or or is it just they just haven't done enough really to to
0: sort of mm. do that i think it's probably a difficult season for me to answer that question i think um if you if we fast forward a couple of seasons maybe when everything do, does calm down or or the previous season perhaps i think it's um this one is a bit of a of an anomaly really because the strength and depth for a lot of these clubs it's going to be you know removed purely for because of covid you know covid is going to sort of wipe out the majority of teams for some parts of the season so it's really difficult for me to answer that Really, Simon, I think potentially Dortmund, maybe they're bringing in Bellingham, Haaland's back. So they could have a, a challenge, especially with Sancho hitting a bit of form now. Um, but otherwise, I think I don't think that's going to have an impact. I, I really don't this season. I think it's going to be mitigated by that, by COVID. Um, so you're almost running at 70, 60% anyway. I think the majority of teams are, unless they're really well managed. And avoid some kind of pandemic um, across the squad.
1: Just sort of on Dortmund, really. Is that? I mean, what kind of players or areas do you think they need to uh, sort of add to to in to, to able to to really mount that title charge? and and, and do you think it's a managerial one as well?
0: Potentially, yeah. Potentially, I think it was. A little unfortunate to have that sort of managerial shift sort of midway through this season. I didn't quite get the logic for that. And I'm not entirely convinced by the replacement. And I don't think that's going to have any kind of long-term impact on the club. And I think their weakness lies defensively. I don't think they're they're strong in that sense, Uh, offensively, in in attack. They've struggled this season with Haaland being off. Obviously, he's a sort of second top top highest scorer in the Bundesliga but still with with only him delivering the goods it's going to be difficult to to maintain a a consistent challenge for the title I think they just need a a bit more strength overall Um, but yeah defensively across the league actually I don't think that's just isolated um, to Dortmund but uh, they do need that uh, reinforcement anyway
1: yeah um, do you do you think Dortmund have kind of done a, a Bayern Munich in the sense that they you know in the way that they sort of once um, uh, Niko Kovac left the helm they sort of replaced mm. him with the assistant coach Hansi Flick? Do you think this is a, a similar sort of approach with with Terzic? And um,
0: yeah, potentially. I think it's. There's, very difficult to see the long-term ambition of the club if, if that's the direction they're going in. I think it's a season of transition, like I say, for a lot of clubs and I don't think um, Terzic is, is going to last the season. I think he'll be replaced by the, at the end of the season. There was talk, obviously, of Pochettino coming in. Um, Hasenhutl, Pochettino's gone now. Southampton are maintaining a, a quite strong position in the Premier League, so he'll be reluctant to leave. So it'll be an interesting close season, I think. And, and when things do change, it'll be interesting to see who comes in for that.
1: Definitely. Do you, in your sort of opinion, who would you think would be the, the perfect sort of fit for Dortmund? And who would fit that, the you know, the sort of dynamic of, of Dortmund the, the most really out for the possible candidates that are out there right now?
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I would have said... Klopp casts a long shadow over Dortmund. His kind of youthful, enigmatic uh, approach, that gegenpressing, that kind of approach to football is is a difficult one to ignore, really, because ever since he left, I think it's been a a challenge to to replace him. And I think that's the sort of ambition of the club now, even with Terzic, potentially. So it's going to be an interesting one to see. There's nobody out there at the moment who fits that mould for me. Who would want to leave? Um, so I'll be interested to see who, who it might be, mm. yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I think obviously it's impossible, well, not impossible, but I mean, um, it's not likely now because he's obviously taken the role at PSG. But I think Pochettino would have been a good fit, I think, with with the sort of um, the uh, the, the sort of reliance on youth and the, the ability to uh, uh, and what they prefer to do the preference of sort of playing youth and, and giving youth a real opportunity to to do really well i think pochettino would have would have fit that mold really well but um yeah it's um it's yeah like i said it's something that's probably not going to happen um like you say hurtle would have been a, a, a good fit as well who knows maybe that is something that that Dortmund look at um but yeah, no, it, it will be interesting. I think they'll probably want to take a different direction from father, and maybe go with somebody um, a bit younger, maybe go with somebody that, that you know, is is going to play this, the, the clock type of football um, that they've they become so accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you say, it's going to be really interesting to, to see what happens on that front.
0: Um, yeah, it is. Something needs to change. I mean, you don't draw with Mainz, one-all, and then <laughs> expect to get away with it. It's just not Yeah, not the done thing. So we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Most certainly. What do you think uh, RB Leipzig winning the Bundesliga would do to the purest reputation of German football?
0: It'd shatter it. I, I think Leipzig really? would have a... It would be an earthquake to the Bundesliga, I think, across Germany, because that ownership model is just unheard of really essentially in in Germany, So for that to happen, to have that privately run uh, sponsored club that, that RB Leipzig are, it would be such a shock to, to a, all the purists across Germany, I think. And um, I don't think it'd be very welcome. I can't see it happening just yet. So fingers crossed It, it they sort of st- stopped that march to the, to the top of the league, but we'll we'll see on that one. And I don't think um, I don't think I'd like it. I think uh, one of the attractive things about the Bundesliga is the fact that it has that sort of democratic ownership model for for most of the clubs. Um, so Leipzig just represent everything that's that the Bundesliga stands against. Sometimes I think, and uh, yeah, I'd struggle, I'd struggle with that one.
1: Yeah, I think in my opinion, um, whether you like it or not, Matt, it's, I think it's going to happen uh, at some point. It really is. It's
0: it yeah. the march of capitalism, isn't it? I think mm-hmm. it's it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the Bundesliga was that, that sort of last great bastion of of democracy and shared ownership in, in football. How far does that last? I, I don't know. You've got the, you know... Those company-run teams, you know, like Bayer Leverkusen and and Wolfsburg, run by by Volkswagen initially. I think that's probably their that that foundation for the for the Leipzig model, maybe. But um, there's something just a little bit different about Leipzig. Something a little bit uncouth, I think, and a little bit unprofessional. But we'll see what happens again.
1: I mean, let's hope that the. Because the majority of Bundesliga is, like you say, it's that, that real sort of uh, socialist kind of, um, it's got that socialist kind of foundation to it. And, and it really, mm. you know, it's a purest, purest game. Uh, yeah. And yeah. let's hope, like I say, the majority of that will, will sort of disallow here <laughs> to, to put their scummy empire mitts all over it, really. <laughs> Just sort of moving on to, to Wolfsburg, do you think we might see Wolfsburg in the Champions League next year? And uh, <laughs> how vital do you think Velt is to, to the success? Yeah,
0: of he's absolutely essential. I think um, you, you don't get to that, that stage in the season without his contribution. It's been uh, been incredible, really. They've, they've really um, tore it up this season and I think Champions League – it's as likely as, as any of that chasing pack, I think. Um, what are they there? Six now, I think it says. Um, I can't see them slipping out. I mean, 26 points, six points behind Leipzig. That's not insurmountable. But they do need to pick up a, a few results um, soon because they are starting to just wobble a little bit now. I think it's, it's nine points out of 21 now after, the, after this weekend's... Uh, game so Veghorst is that sort of linchpin with that team and and his goal record is is something else at the moment it's um it's a real really essential to their success now Mm.
1: yeah no the thing is with Veghorst it's it's strange I think he he has sort of featured for the Netherlands um internationally Mm. a few times but he's not He's not really staked to claim as much as you'd kind of um, as you kind of imagine. Maybe he has recently, but he's um, yeah he's he's one that you know. Obviously, the Holland are really renowned defensively with Van Dijk and and De Ligt. Mm. Um, they, they've got some fantastic talent in, in that area. But in terms of a forward, you can't really go wrong with somebody like Vechost. Um but maybe that sort of industrial, typical sort of number nine isn't really in line with, with the sort of modern aspect of football, which is so, so sort of popular these days. Um, yeah,
0: I think that's, that's, there's an argument for that. I think with um, Wolfsburg's style of play, I think it works. But internationally for Holland, maybe not. I think that Holland are traditionally that sort of creative, um, dynamic um, a sort of total football style of approach, which I don't think that's um, that's gone away anytime soon. Obviously, you'll be you'll be able to know better than a, than I would. But um, with Wolfsburg, it works. You know, eleven goals in sixteen games—that's no mean feat, not in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, it's um, it's a great season for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there have been sort of um, small links and rumours with Arsenal. To, to Verhorst and, but I, whether that sort of happens him ending up at Arsenal um, is you know sort of remains to be seen but I, he seems to be one of those players that I think will will you know get himself a, a bigger move uh, sometime in the future mm. um, we are seeing and have seen the likes of Sevilla uh, how important a technical director or director of football can be um, Do you think Sven Mislintat is the real reason behind Stuttgart's uh, current success? Uh,
0: Potentially. I mean, obviously, he's going to have a a positive net contribution to the team and to to that club. But um, it's difficult to tell what that long-term effect will be with with Mislintat. Obviously, he had a pretty uh, comprehensive um, success with Arsenal, for instance. Um, qu- had quite the impact there, and I think that director of football kind of approach it, it gives a different angle for for a lot of clubs, and Stuttgart have benefited from it. They're not going to, you know, I think Europe's probably out, of, you know, out of reach for them this season, maybe. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely had a, a positive impact. I think it it gives a, di- a different approach to to the club and the running of the club.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I th- I think with with sort of a technod- technical director, when they have that much of an impact, and and I think with Mislintat, he was given the freedom, really, and and given mm. the ability to to do what he does best. You know, he's not called Diamond Eye for no reason. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. And um, when you sort of you know given the keys in that sense, it, he can really achieve. Brilliant things. I, w- I think he was kind of held back a little mm. bit at Arsenal, and maybe towards the end of his his term at, um, at Dortmund. And I think that if if you allow him and and you know really let him do what he can do best, I think it's the same as Monkey at Sevilla. Uh, you know, it, they can they can do wonderful things, and you know, mm. I think they're sort of reaping those those benefits right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's an argument for that. But uh, I do wonder if, if other clubs are catching up to that idea now. It, it was so, so revolutionary a few years ago, maybe six, seven years ago. But now, have other clubs followed that suit, do you think? And have they caught up with that idea, potentially? I, I don't mm-hmm. know.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. But I think, you know, it's it's all, you know, well and good sort of, following that model and following that system but I think mm-hmm. and it comes down to the sort of individual and the personnel they're the ones that really sort of make it tick because I think like you say pretty much so many clubs you know hiring a, a sort of technical director I think sorry I know I, I hate to make this the Arsenal show but I think with that our new technical director we're, we're kind of hoping that he's the next Sven Mislintat hoping he's as good as Monkey, but you know w- although we're following that model of having a technical director i think edu i think it's probably a bit too too sort of too early to say but i think you know he's just not in my opinion i'm not entirely sure if he's he's got the sort of credentials that missen or monkey monkey has mm. but um but yeah it's yeah like 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 the question you sort of pose it it probably is a is a system and a pattern that that all clubs are trying to implement and, and 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 follow. But whether they actually have the right sort of personnel to to sort of carry that out, then that's another issue.
0: Yeah, that's a, the thing, there isn't it? I think with a technical director like Misslantat and and others, I think you, you probably can judge their success based upon clubs that don't have that position, that technical director. So the likes of Of Manchester United, that's been a a prime example of of a club dying out, and crying out rather for for that technical director role, somebody to take charge of footballing matters. Because at the moment, it's all very well having some tractor partner that's going to make you millions of pounds in sponsorship (laughs) deal across the African continent, but at the same time, that doesn't produce results on the pitch. So somebody with that expertise was um sorely missed at Manchester United and is currently i, I can't see that recruitment changing anytime soon it's been relatively lackluster in that club so mm. potentially i think that that shows you precisely what they bring to the club that role yeah. an effective technical director like that is is absolutely essential having said that
1: i mean i know we we sort of spoke uh, about it previously and we sort of touched on it on earlier in the pod with united um mm. having that sort of lack of technical director. I think it was always something that was labeled at them uh, as being such a big issue for their struggles um, but they seem to be doing okay so so maybe the the sort of technical director thing is is overrated perhaps
0: potentially potentially, but how sustainable their position is. At the top of the league, is it a bit of a false position potentially? I think with the the rest of the of the Premier League especially is everybody's suffering, and it 's not a true representation i don't think at the moment it's difficult for me to sort of say right this is going to be the position at the end of the season because i don 't necessarily think that's going to be the case mm. so to make any sort of judgment following the positions of of the league at the moment is difficult in the mm. Premier League. Um, it's kind of a, a false representation, like I say. Mm.
1: So, so you're not listening to Gary Neville then when he says get carried away.
0: There's no harm in getting carried away. As a United fan, you know you've got to cling on to every hope that you, that you do have. I think, um, and hell, this season is, you know, it's one of those years, one of those a sort of few months where any good news is, is good news. So, why not get carried away? You know, it's um, certainly something to shout about. It's been ten years since we've been at the top of the league, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's been uh, it's been a good a good couple of weeks. Anyway, as yeah. a United fan, Uh
1: I'll make another admission because you know I. Th- I don't know whether it's the sort of rebel in me but I've always sort of been opposed to Man United and I never never enjoyed the Ferguson era and <laughs> never enjoyed the it was the reign of the empire it was yeah it was ne- never something I was too keen on but um yeah I kind of you know that sort of kid in me is is hoping that, that United don't win the title but you know because uh, <laughs> you're a good friend of mine I'll be cheering them on for, for we're well, not cheering them on I wouldn't go that far but I'll be you know secretly Hoping for your sake that you know they can, they can do you proud, I suppose.
0: <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But um, yeah, it's going to be difficult to see if they're going to be top of the league by by the end of the season. It's only yeah. a couple of points in it, so it's uh, too early to say. Yeah. Um, are there any other
1: um, sort of talking points of the Bundesliga that you'd like to address? Is there anything that you can you can think of? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I thought Frankfurt were a great, great value this weekend, um, especially with you, Luka Jovic coming back from Real Madrid. That's been the um, story of, of the weekend for me. I think two goals in 20-something minutes is quite the achievement, considering he uh, he scored that in a year and a half in, in Real, Real Madrid's uh, team. So either... You know, Zidane was was getting something terribly wrong with him, or he was um, just that slightly too much of a rebel that Zidane doesn't like in in that squad for for him to make any kind of lasting lasting kind of impact for for Madrid. So to see him come and and score two goals for them over the weekend was was good. Um, admittedly, it's a poor Schalke side, so you know that doesn't really tell you much. But they were nicely taken goals, and um, I'll be really keen to see what he brings for the rest of the season for them really keen because they could mount a, a bit more of a challenge than they already are. So we'll see on that one.
1: Yeah. He's obviously a key player and it was it's sad to see that he, you know, didn't really uh, set things alight over in Real Madrid because mm. that was something that I looked at and I thought, you know, it was kind of a decent fit. It was a good fit, but you know, sometimes players and clubs, they just don't gel and, um, you know, mm. they, they, but then they can go off to another team and, and, and it will work perfectly well. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I think Madrid are a, a funny club, really. To you look at the cases of, of Bale, for instance, he's had one of the the biggest impacts in the club's history with that goal in the Champions League final, one of the best goals ever in European Cup final history. Yet he's viewed with such disdain by the Madrid fans, and Zidane really didn't quite gel with him, obviously. And uh, we'll see if he goes back. I, I don't think he will. Madrid are that quite selfish club in that they don't necessarily treat their players as part of the team it's more it's very individualistic i think mm. yeah, i was um I, there was a documentary with uh, Nicholas Elka you know ex arsenal striker who who joined madrid and he was left to his, to his own devices literally landed in madrid and said there you go get on with it Without any kind of welcome or anything. wow! And when you've got that approach to a club and, and managing your players, it's difficult for, for those individuals like Jovic, I think, who needs that sort of arm around the shoulder. I think he went off the rails a little bit, you know, broke a few COVID rules here and there. So mm. he, he clearly wasn't in the best frame of mind. But now, now he's come back to Germany, I think he might have that, that impact now yeah especially in a, yeah. in a in a more cohesive team where he's got his his friends around him so we'll see
1: are there any other um sort of results that you'd like to sort of address or talk about
0: yeah um it's like I was saying um, earlier on, I think um, with that chasing pack of that top six, there's a few results that, that sprung to mind. Um, Leverkusen drawing drawing to uh, Union Berlin, that's a, a tough result for them to take as well. I mean, these are the type of results they need to be winning in order to, to mount a challenge, I think. And, you know, with, with that chasing pack, like I say, Losing points on the road, it's it's going to be difficult for them to mount any kind of challenge to Bayern. So it's a good couple of uh, weeks coming up as well. So we'll know more with, um, you know, that match day 17, I think, with Dortmund going to Leverkusen as well. That's a, a top six, or European place um, kind of matchup. So that's a six-pointer, definitely. Mm. And um, Union Berlin, host, hosted by um Leipzig as well. So that top six is going to change a little bit next in midweek. So we'll uh, we'll look forward to that one.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think it's interesting that um, Peter Bosch, I think uh, probably a month ago now, when, when Leverkusen were flying pretty much and they were at the top of the league um, and he said that, you know, instead of lighting up a big cigar or light up a little cigar, Mm. But it's it's kind of that cigar's yeah. blown up <laughs> in his face, unfortunately. Absolutely, um, it's oh. kind of
0: one of those comedy uh, acme cigars, isn't it? That uh, yeah, blown yeah. up in his face. But
1: R- reminds me a little bit of the Rafa Benitez thing. I've, I can't remember exactly what he said, but I know he said something, and it just you know sort of derailed derailed Liverpool's um, season, really. So, well, their, mm. tight, their title challenging season, I think, it was two thousand and. Nine, but oh, I could be wrong. But um yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But they're struggling, you know. It's four points in the last four games. It's that's not a record that's gonna ever gonna mount a challenge. And um whilst it might secure them European football, I don't think uh, that they're ever gonna get beyond that sort of top two, top three position, really, mm. as it stands. Yeah,
1: no. Let's. I mean, let's hope for them that they are able able to do that but maybe just you know sort of going back to the sort of squad depth that we were sort of talking about at the moment maybe that that, that yeah. sort of squad depth that certain teams have like Leverkusen perhaps they're they're really only well at, sort of equipped for for european places
0: yeah potentially I hope they do well. They're one of my favourite teams to watch anyway in terms of that attacking sort of style, free-flowing style that mm. they've got. It's exciting football mm. but whether that yields results is another matter, I think.
1: Yeah. Who are the sort of standout players of the Bundesliga so far that that you'd like to sort of talk about and, and, and mention?
0: Um, it's hard to look beyond the, the Bayern Munich. You know, the Bayern attack is is obviously they're tearing it up with Lewandowski. He's got 21 goals now. That's absolutely insane. That's just a, an enormous record. It's, it's beaten that sort of first-half-season record that everybody was talking about this, uh, this game week. It's, got, it's on course to, to beat Gerd Muller's record as well from 50 years ago, which is astounding that it's even stood that long. So for Lewandowski to, to even come close to that is just out of this world he's what, 33, 32? I mean, he must be getting on a little bit as well. So, Mm. to have that longevity, does it speak to his talent or does it speak to the sort of porous defences that seem to be the case in the Bundesliga at the moment? I think that would probably be a little bit mean of me to suggest that. But (laughs) yeah, Lewandowski's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And then he's got a supporting attack of of Thomas Muller, who's... (sighs) Selflessly, he's he's really propping him up as well with that assist record. Um, Sane's coming into form again. He's had a good game at the weekend. So yeah, it's hard to look beyond that really. Um, and again, how much of an impact is Haaland going to have? His his record this season as well. He's he's got something like 35 goals in 35 games wow. for, since his debut. A goal a game is ridiculous. Yeah. And um, Something like two more goals than games in the Champions League as well. Mm. That's just a record that you had to had to imagine being beaten again. Will he keep it up? That's the key. So mm. um, he's really reliant on on that support and that supply line, which at the start of the season, despite that record, was was lacking a little bit with Dortmund. So. Interesting to see how he picks up in the uh, latter half of, of this season as well.
1: Yeah, because I think um, with with Harland as well, with the likes of Real Madrid sniffing around, I mean, there's always the possibility that that somebody that like him, who's a phenomenal, phenomenal young talent. Um, mm. I mean, and the fact that he's called a young talent, it's it's crazy to think because he's well established, even at the age of is he 20 now, and he's you know, he's playing football like it, like Lewandowski. It's it's incredible. Yeah. So, I think were were Dortmund to lose him, and we, which is very much a possibility, um, it would it would be a huge huge hit to Dortmund.
0: It would be huge, and I I, I genuinely hope for his sake, for his career, that he stays another season at least. Mm. There was talk today, I think, of, of Chelsea even making an approach. So, mm. it would be such a a misstep in his career for for him to go to Chelsea. Look at Havertz, look at Timo Werner, look what any young sort of impressionable footballer like Haaland, if he goes to Chelsea, that'll be a real step back for him. I don't think Chelsea are the right club to nurture and develop talent like his. So you are looking at a club like Manchester United or or potentially Barcelona where he can have a bit more of an impact um, than just Chelsea, who seem to just sort of take these players and and turn turn them into damp scribs, it's been a real shame to see Havertz do nothing this season. Mm. Werner hasn't has barely registered at all, Yeah. and it's a, it's a real shame. Over yeah. a hundred and odd million, I think it was transfer fee for those two combined, and mm. what have they done?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing. But I I do believe with those two that they they will come good eventually. And I just, I'm not sure whether Frank Lampard's the the right man to do it. Mm. I don't think he's a terrible manager. I just think he's a slightly out of his depth at Chelsea. Um, and I do think that, you know, with the right manager in charge of those two specifically, can mm. they're, they're amazing players, absolutely incredible players. And if you can just, I, I would essentially just build the team around those two. And you can, you can, you really get a team together if you do that but yeah it's, yeah
0: it's yeah. sad to see like so it is it is and, and lampard he obviously likes mason mount he's a good player i think he's probably mm. been the best player for chelsea this season but b- beyond that they've not really had much of an impact at all i don't think and uh, that that squad does need a bit of a rehaul and whether Werner and Havertz play any sort of key role in that is, a, is another matter. They've obviously come from the Bundesliga and had and been some of the, the best players last season. Whereas um now it must be a real shock to the system for them. A real shame. But uh yeah, beyond the obvious two players, Lewandowski, Haaland, those kind of big name players at the moment, you've you're looking at Andre Silva, Frankfurt. He's gonna pair up with Luka Jovic and, and hopefully have an impact as well so I'm really keen to see what they have um, to bring to the table uh, that'll be a, that'll be an interesting matchup and um, you know Silva's going places as well so I can't imagine he'll stay at Frankfurt for much longer but you know this season is really one to, to keep an eye out for, for yeah him
1: as well no definitely I, yeah because I, I think I was aware of Silva he was at AC Milan wasn't he before um, Frankfurt mm. Uh, And I think he was sort of tearing up trees there. So, yeah, it sounds like it could be a really good partnership um, Mm. Partnership for for, uh, Frankfurt if him and Jovic were to really strike together some good chemistry. But it's interesting, really, I mean, just sort of talking about chemistry because sometimes it can just, with players, it can just sort of happen out of the blue unexpectedly. Mm. Um, I think even, you know... People probably call me crazy, but um, the, nobody would have expected Mane, Salah, and Firmino to strike up the partnership that they've got going now. Before before they did so, um, I think with uh, again, sorry, Arsenal podcast time, mm. but with the likes of Pepe, Aubameyang, and Lacazette, we were talking about those front three as if as if they were as good as as the, the mm. sort of. Mane Salah Firmino combination, but it's yeah, it's, it's one of those things with with chemistry. You can, I mean, you, you can kind of make that prediction, and you know, you can say something on paper, but when it's actually in practice, it's a completely different thing.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I'll I'll always return to to United because that's kind of my whalehouse really. But look at Lukaku, Lukaku in a in, in a Man United shirt. He had an impact. It was a bit of a, a flat-track bully in the sense that it wasn't the big six he had a, ever had a good, a good game with. Didn't really tear up any trees in, at Old Trafford. Whereas now, in Milan, hmm. one of the best players in the league, without yeah. a doubt. And, and that kind of relationship with that team is really... That's, that's a big reason why they're top of, of Serie A at the moment. And that's um, likely going to bring home the league for them, for that chemistry. Really, yeah. it's, um It's been a revelation. I wouldn't have expected it from him necessarily. I thought he sort of reached his peak at United. I was wrong. So,
1: mm. yeah, it's um, yeah. Like I said, it's just one of those things where where if the if you know the glove fits, then. It's um it's good to see, but yeah, there are certain players that just need that that right sort of chemistry, and maybe it's sort of going back to to what you said about Real Madrid and these sort of capitalist teams, and maybe that's why Havertz and and uh, Werner are struggling so much at Chelsea is because you know if you don't put an arm around them, or if they're in a sort of environment that's that's more individualistic, like you say, then you mm. know that's not really going to help you to um to sort of get get off the ground running. But, um,
0: mm. yeah. Yeah, um... potentially. But they're good players, you know. Talent will out. It'll always be there. Whether or not that's the right fit for them is is another matter. So, mm. it's um, it's going to be an interesting season for them, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Well, I certainly hope talent outs for Nicolas Pepe because... Um... <laughs> It's uh, it's about it's about time, really. It's about time.
0: Nicolas Pepe, he was a second choice behind Wilfred Zaha,
1: wasn't he? Apparently, that came out at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, well it, would, it was pretty much something that was muted um, as soon as we signed Pepe. Because I think I, I remember the transfer links that we were sort of going after Zaha and mm. Pepe at the same time. And we obviously decided to go for, for Pepe. But... <sighs> I see the talent there and I was incredibly excited when we bought him. I did think we'd got ourselves a player. It's just he's so left-footed. Just that one mm. left foot just especially in the Premier League it's just not enough. You need to bring something else. And the fact that he played very counter-attacking football at Lille. That's not what we do at Arsenal. We we're a possession-based no. team that you know tries to tries to play like the Man City way essentially. Um, I think we're a bit more sort of defensively robust than that, but yeah, it's just it's just not the right fit for Pepe.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, it can't be. I think, um, mind you, Arsenal is that a, a proving ground? Is that a, is that really the the club for, for him? Is he really going to prove his worth at Arsenal? It's it's difficult. There's, there's nobody there that, apart from Lacazette in the last few games. Aubameyang's well off the boil. Mm. You know, you've got no one there to uh, to assist, really.
1: No, it's a bit of a rebuilding process for Arsenal at the moment as well, because that the, I think in the summer, obviously, I'm sure everybody's aware, and it's you know it's kind of apt to talk about Mesut Özil uh, on the Bundesliga podcast, but he's obviously on his way out. Um, we pretty much close to getting Socrates out the door. Um, who's the other one? Torreira might go back out on loan. Um, there's, yeah, we're going to be, and, and especially in the summer, we're going to be getting rid of a, a ton of players. Uh, Mustafi's going to be gone. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of players that are going to leave and, you know, we're going to need to replace them. And, mm. you know, I think we, we've, we we've been linked to a lot of players, but if we sort of follow the model that we have been doing over the past, Couple of seasons where we're bringing in younger sort of players like Pepe, who we, you know, we were projected that um, he would, you know, make a big impact, and he's of of a decent age as well. And I think we've got an, a lot of other players of that age as well that, you know, can come and 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 they've got a big ceiling and they've got a lot of room to develop. And um, so I think we, if I I believe under Arteta, I wasn't too sure. I had a lot of questions about his. His uh, his reign, um, at, you know, a couple of weeks a month ago. But he he seems to turn things around at the moment, and I think under Arteta, with the right tools at hand, um, yeah, I, I believe we'll, we'll we'll do okay.
0: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, Arsenal are a, a big club. You don't want to see them suffer. To be honest, it's always nice to have them competing up and uh, up and around the top of the league. So. yeah they've fallen out of that top six, it would be uh, a shame for them not to regain their position because Spurs have clearly taken over that North London sort of premier club, you know. Don't that say, it, North Matt. North
1: don't don't say it, Matt.
0: Don't say it. There's an argument there, isn't there? I think they're, in the, they're definitely a top six club now as Spurs. Yeah. So, uh, North London Arsenal is red. Like,
1: don't make me say it. North London is red and always <laughs> will be. <laughs> Are you willing to take on a quiz it's a free question quiz it's just a little bit of fun uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've made the questions fairly you know straightforward so um, right it's it's not too difficult but it's just a little bit of fun and i think i, th- I think you'll do you'll, you'll be absolutely fine.
0: yeah you see my knowledge is fairly general it's not <laughs> statistics and things aren't really my thing so uh <laughs> certainly i can't remember him so we'll see yeah the, the,
1: this is more less sort of statistic based um i haven't you know haven't asked you for any sort of goal amounts or any you know, you know statistical amounts or anything like that this is more or less pretty straightforward answers that i'm looking for here
0: this was not mentioned in my notes my notes <laughs> are made for this
1: oh uh, you know i think it no. just add, adds to the um Adds to the the spark of the podcast, shall we say. (laughs) The
0: drama. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You can sue me (laughs) afterwards for, for, you know.
0: Come on then, hit me.
1: Okay, who am I? I was born in the land of the rising sun and I have two Bundesliga and one Premier League winner's medals. Man United and Dortmund are the teams you won those medals for. Uh, Who is it?
0: It is... Oh this is my weakness remembering (laughs) players based on this came to United for a season Mm -hmm. was at Dortmund um, did really well went back to Dortmund um, I can see him I can literally see the face put me out of my misery the
1: fact that you have mentioned his career (laughs) so sort of clearly I'll give you I'll give you half a point for that But um, yeah, his name's Shinji Kagawa.
0: Oh, Kagawa. Yes, of course it is.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, the next one. uh, Gerd Müller is the Bundesliga's highest ever goalscorer and Robert Lewandowski is the third. Can you name the second? (sighs) No. Okay. To be Uh, fair... This is
0: a tricky one. Because I, I was looking at Lewandowski's goal record in advance of this podcast and he was something like six shy last season. He almost did it last season um, as well. No, I, I can't imagine who the second would be actually off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of him. Um, his name's Klaus Fischer. Um yeah, never never heard of the guy, but I've I thought
0: I've heard the name, but yeah. it was um a good few years ago now. But yeah, no, he mm. didn't necessarily have much of an international career, I don't think. No. I could no. be wrong there. I could be wrong. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, it's it's some time ago. Um he's in his seventies now, so it would be would be a long time ago. Um I'm not entirely sure who those teams are for that he that he got up to second highest goalscorer. But, um, yeah, the fact that Lewandowski is third um, is is crazy, really. Um,
0: but, Klaus um, Fischer was in the 1980s, wasn't he? I think I'm so. Sh- I'm sure he was in that West Germany team that played France in the semi-final. Mm. And I, again, I could be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong with that. But something in the back of my mind is, is telling me that that's right. But uh, yeah. it's, I'm going to be on a bit of a Google rabbit <laughs> hole at the end of this, <laughs> at the end yeah. of this record. It's, I'm going to be there for hours.
1: Yeah, but I'll, uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll sort of fact check that one next time round. Um, yeah, so the next question I've got for you, uh, this is a bit easier, you should get it. Philip Lahm has been a Bayern Munich player for the entirety of his career. Mm. um he went out on loan only once during his stay at bayern can you name that
0: team (sighs) he only went out once Mm -hmm. on loan presumably quite early on in his career was it
1: yeah it was yeah i think it was around 2003 2004 so okay yeah i'll give you the year if it helps
0: yeah was it domestic? Did he go out on loan in yeah. Germany? Was
1: he... the, I'll give you another clue. Um, well, I'll give you a clue. Uh, they are currently in the Bundesliga right now. And he went out on loan in 2003 2000, to
0: 2005. That's a couple of seasons. I can't remember. I'll have, hazard a guess. Uh
1: they I'll give you another one they play in white yeah. the play home, in white uh, the home kit is white
0: no it's gone miss misslin
1: Mislintat. <laughs> tap boys
0: um oh, you've thrown me now um stuck up stuck up I was gonna say stuck up. <laughs> When I said I was going to guess, I was going to guess
1: at Stuttgart as well. I'm so, so (sighs) sorry to put you on the spot. I'll tell you what, so you can get your revenge. Why don't you think of a quiz for the um, Serie A update for me and uh, put me on the spot for that? (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Do you know what I was thinking of this? My qualifications when I was at school, I absolutely smashed coursework. Coursework? (laughs) no problem whatsoever 100 percent across the board exams tanked absolutely tanked when i was put under pressure i can't handle it i'd never make a a footballer never make a footballer i couldn't handle it
1: (laughs) i'm exactly the same i'm exactly the same i yeah much prefer coursework much prefer (laughs) having the time to to work on things um but yeah i i just thought it would be a little bit of fun just to um just to spring spring some questions on you but, um, why not
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've absolutely shown myself up there but never mind I'm going it's cool. to it's I'll, cool. I'll challenge you I'll challenge you for the Serie A uh, yeah. next time around oh,
1: yeah. I'll, I'm sure I'll absolutely bomb at that so yeah you can get your revenge <laughs>
0: <laughs> fingers crossed oh, very good
1: Right, Matt. Um, I think, yeah, that's that's pretty much us to the sort of hour mark yep. um, there and thereabouts. Um, it's oh, yeah. been, yeah. yeah, it's it's been been a pleasure, um, and it's been, yeah, it's great to have you on the first first ever episode of a Bundesliga update. And I, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to have some some great episodes uh, together along the way. I, I, I will sort of explain to the listener that I'm I'm hoping to have Matt on for future episodes, not just for, for league updates, but for, for all sorts of, of mm. shows. So yeah, get used to Matt. He's going to be here for a while. I'm, I'm very happy to have him here and
0: yeah. Fab. Well, thank you very much for, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure.
1: No problem at all. Take care, Matt. Yeah, no worries. Cool. So, there we have it, guys. That is the Bundesliga update. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I had a lot of fun recording that with Matt. I do feel a little sorry for sort of putting him on the spot there with that quiz at the end. But uh, he will get his revenge for the Serie A update, like I said but um yeah what can you do what can you do yeah hope you guys enjoy so far hope you guys have enjoyed the the triple f content i've really enjoyed making as as many sort of shows as i have done so far hope you guys are able to sort of push this out as you can on Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, there's all profiles on there. So if you can do that, I'd really, really appreciate that. We're also on YouTube as well. So yeah, really appreciate uh, any subscriptions, likes, or anything that you can you can give me. That would be fantastic. So once again, thank you very much. Take care. Stay safe. And goodbye. There was nothing else at all in the whole no world, 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 world. world football.